What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned into the Friday edition of the Sports Grind presented by Dosecchi's. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Bartlett's been in the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines as usual. Uh, anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that topic over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll react to those in real time or react to them later. You can always log on to the SportsGrind Business Facebook page. Or you can go to my personal page and you can leave comments and we'll read those. And if you ever miss any of the shows live... You can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast every day, seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. Ready to go? Okay. All right. So it's Friday. It's just a football Friday on the show. A lot of um, NFL and college. College is, you know, the schedule this week is eh, so-so. You know, I think we got about another week or so, and then we'll get into conference games and we'll have some stellar ones there. But this week, I mean, not saying there's not any good games out there, but we'll get into a few of them. Um, also, we'll be doing the foundation picks today, probably in the, sometime in the second hour for the new listeners out there. It's just something I've been doing for now for probably about, I don't know, maybe 11 years, 10 years on the show. And just usually, you know, standard has been like three college games, three NFL games to give out. This year, it'll just be a variety. Never give out more than six picks. Uh, but some weeks, it'll be three and three. Some weeks, it might be four college, two NFL, vice versa. So we'll get to that. Never really finished below 50%, probably till last year. Last year was tough. Uh, but usually, goal is about the 58 to 60% range um, doing good. So we'll get that going for uh, the first week of the foundation picks. Also, other news, uh, we've got, um, of course, the WNBA, uh, the Connecticut Sun slap back. Um, they actually go ahead and get back into the series as they really pretty much put a beat down on the aces. Um, and, you know, the more I've said this uh, kind of the way the team plays, but the more I hear Becky speak in post game. The more I just hear Pop and look, just hear him coming through, especially after losses. You know, he came into the locker room after game two and talked to the team. You know, he was like, hey, well, usually I do whatever she says. Doing Becky's like, yeah, whatever. You know, but uh, it's 2-1. You know, 2-1 right now. Ace is still kind of in control of the uh, finals, but Connecticut get back going yesterday. Also, uh, what else we got going on? We have uh, boxing. Now, the uh, Canelo and Triple G, that's this weekend? Yep, it's tomorrow. That shows you how much I'm interested for this fight. Um, I figured it was this weekend. Uh, but, you know, the other news is that reports have it that uh, Terrence Crawford and Spence 
has agreed to a mega fight November 19th. Am I correct on that, Jonas? Do we have confirmation in regard? And how do we feel about it? You write boxing. You follow it. I know we have a boxing artist. Is this a... I mean, is this too late for these two to get together? Is this excitement? I mean, automatically, if it's November 19th, this would have to be the biggest fight of the year on the card so far, right? I think it's going to be the big one. I, not Having not looked at the calendar uh-huh. in front of me right now. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, it's going to be one of the biggest ones to close out the year, and this is this is the time for it. Huh. I mean, lots, lots of hardware on the line, so... Yeah, I haven't even checked to see how heavy a favorite uh, Canelo is, a Triple G, even if he's that much of a favorite over him. Been saying it for months. I mean, I'll, I'll pay attention, but I'm not too eager for them fighting this again for the third time. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know how it's going to be a different fight than the others, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. So you have that going on NBA as well. Uh, you know, we've talked about this the last couple days in regards to uh, Robert Sarver, the, uh, you know, the owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, now we've got sponsors speaking out. PayPal, which is on their jerseys. Uh, they came out yesterday. Their CEO says, hey, this is not what we stand for. And as long as he owns the team, we're going to pretty much probably not going to continue our sponsorship now uh he has a there's a minority owner on board that's on you know the board of the sons okay i think it's jaim is his name um he's calling for you know for him to resign speaking of sober he wants him to resign and the thing that i will say is that i told you yesterday when we talked about this uh you know i wasn't really totally pleased the way adam silver actually handled it um but at the same time you know maybe adam's sitting there saying like look you you're not going to survive this anyway like i don't have to be the bad guy to come out and say hey this is i'm just gonna let the nature take a course i said yesterday this wasn't a story that's going away and now you have advertisers and you've got sponsors uh that are speaking out um in regards to um this situation and once you affect the money that's when things start moving i think eventually he's gonna have to step down i mean i didn't even realize how long he's owned the suns it's been that long but it's been a minute damn near 20 years uh, but I think eventually, you know, because when one sponsor speaks out and we're just talking about the patch on the uniform, I would imagine a few of those are going to go ahead and follow. Speaking of the advertisers and once the money starts getting affected, that's when all hell breaks loose. So me personally, I mean, if you would ask me right now today, um, I don't think he survives this just because of the the pressure of the advertisers. And I think since you have one minority owner already speaking up. I think that you'll have probably a couple more on the board that are minority shareholders and they'll just say, hey, man, you know, you're affecting the bottom line. I mean, you got to at least go ahead and resign in regards to that. And I don't know exactly how that works in regards to is it technically would be a forced sell of the team or not. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. But I doubt it very seriously. That's going away anytime soon as well. We will get to our Dos College weekend preview here shortly, uh, but I wanted to start with the National Football League, um, you know, and really start with last night's game before we move into a little bit of college here. Uh, Of course, Kansas City, they win round one, 
and they pretty much rallied to go ahead and defeat the Chargers 27 to 24. Um, look, you know, good game, uh, physical game. And I really think when you look at this situation, starting on the winning side, I think, first of all, Kansas City really won this with defense. Um, and, you know, Spagnola being the defensive coordinator. Now, they don't have the talent that that Giants team had, in my opinion, on the D-line. I mean, you're talking about O.C., Strahan, Tuck. Ain't no guys like that on Kansas City's D-line. But that game plan, the way they just delivered body blows to Hibbert all night that eventually caught up to him, that kind of reminds me of old Spagnola uh, game plan against the Patriots, how they used to just wear Tom's ass out. And that's kind of what it reminisced. And I told you, you know, before we kicked off this thing, that I think the – you know, last week, everybody got caught up on how many points they put up on the board at Arizona, but it's really about their defense, in my opinion. Um, and really, you know, the defense, I believe, is going to take a little bit of pressure. And, and again, I've seen teams start off good defensively early on in September, and by November, they're slipping off, or by the end of October. You know, I've seen the Packers, the Green Bay Packers in the last couple of years, I've seen them start out like a bat out of hell defensively. And Aaron's thinking like, damn, I'm going to have some help defensively. And by the time we get to about week eight, week nine, they starting to slip defensively. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen to Kansas City, but what I've seen through the preseason when their starters on and what I've seen in the first two games, their defense is definitely an upgrade and it might be the best unit they had in the last couple of weeks. I mean, they had a rookie, which I think the play of the game, it really turned the rookie that basically went ahead and took a pick six to the other side of the crib. Now, if you look at that and you look at the way that play developed, his attended receiver had gotten banged up on the play before. And they tried to go back to him when he got pressure, speaking of Hibbert, and next thing you know, he didn't see the guy cheating right over there. The guy stepped up and jumped the route and took it to the crib down there almost 100 yards. Okay, ball game. I felt after that that it was just going to be, I didn't know if they could overcome that. Now, on the losing side of the Chargers, um, I know it sounds like a broken record with me, but to be honest with you, um, Staley, I just don't know if Brandon, first of all, I, you know, early on he tried to be a little bit more conservative. He was asked question about it because, again, I've been on his ass since last year, and, it, and I ain't the only one that can see and look, got two eyes. And, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, man, you because he did a lot of punting and a lot of like, we'll take the three early on. So to me, it's one of those situations to where he tried to be a little bit more conservative and let's take the points from the road because his explanation was really about, I think he feels a little more confidence in the defense this year than last year, his first year. But I will tell you, he still showed a side of immaturity in my part. I just don't believe that he's mature enough to be a head coach in the NFL. I mean, he's young and some of these, I mean, some ownerships and some teams and GMs, sometimes they can get it wrong. I mean, they can get, you know, swooned through an interview, but when you look at it and still have a guy at his age and you're talking about guys in a locker room that's a little bit older than him and all, you have to have really some skins on the wall, a nice resume to really automatically walk into a locker room and, and demand respect. Um, I felt one sign of immaturity and really from a whole staff and the Chargers is, look, you know, after Hibbert obviously took a shot to his ribs, and I don't know how, whether it's a lung, whether it's a ribs, I don't see how after x-rays and reports come out that it's not going to be bruised, heavily bruised or cracked. I mean, I think the play where he tried to scramble and run and couldn't even throw it, it was an awkward throw. He had to throw it out of bounds. 
the inside of immaturity I'm speaking of is that there's no way that Hibbert should have been left in the game to even throw the touchdown, the late garbage touchdown pass he did. That is the future. Some people believe that he's one of the top three, four quarterbacks already in the league. You know my philosophy. You don't risk a future quarterback franchise player or any particular player to key position, whether it be a pass rush, whether it be a lineman, but especially a quarterback. You don't risk them off of one division run or one playoff run, especially if you have youth on their side. It's it's to me. I mean, you know, we know we have the independent neurologist that's sitting on the sideline to basically buzz in and say, hey, man, that guy looks woozy. Take him out. You mean to tell me that there's nobody in the training staff of the Chargers or a head coach in Staley that's looking at him and obviously that he's hurt? And you have a veteran in Chase Daniels on the sideline. I mean, I think he's comparable to move, especially coming in in the fourth quarter to really. I think, you know, the last few minutes, he's comparable enough of a quarterback to kind of, you know, still run the offense. Of course, he's not Hibbert, but I thought it was very immature and very irresponsible of Staley and the whole staff to leave him in there when he could barely protect himself. And it was obviously to everybody, including Al Michaels, Herb Street, which is weird hearing him do NFL play-by-play. And I'll tell you about the Amazon experience here in a minute. But I feel that it was just, I don't know how they dropped the ball on that. Now, granted, if, 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 if you know he scored the last touchdown, they recover the onside kick, they go on to win. Now we're talking about, hey, this guy's gutsy. He's a hero. He's tough. He basically went ahead and earned respect from his locker room. No, it was dumb. And I and then until and look, if Staley, if Brandon turns it around, I'll be the first one to say, okay, you know what? I see the difference. I see what's going on. I just feel that he is not, and it's early. You know, but like I told you, most NFL coaches, they've got about you've got to really show a leap or a different direction in a positive way. You're going by your third year. Same situation Matt Rule is in in Carolina. This is his third year. They've got a big game against the Giants this weekend just off the fact they got to get a W. Carolina hasn't won in a while. So I just feel that it's one of those things that I hate to kind of sit there and judge a coach really basically only what maybe 17, 18 games in now. Uh, regular season games as a coach, but based off of how he coached last year, you saw him get, you know, take the three, punt the ball. But the reality of it is, is that I just don't know if he's going to be the one to see this Hibbert thing out. But they lost, you know, Kansas City goes to 2 0. They're 1 0 in the division. Chargers are 1 1. And, uh, you know, I'm no Dr. Sanja Gupta, but I believe just on the precautionary, even if the x rays come back negative, and there's no breaks or cracks, I still say at the minimum he's going to be out. He should be out two weeks. I I, I think so. Um, I don't know what the Chargers' schedule's coming out. I mean, they've already played two division games, so I don't know exactly when their next division – I mean, their next division game is going to have to be against Denver. You know, um, but I don't know where that falls. But I will just say for the next couple weeks, and I think they've got – you know, there's no off days on Sunday, Thursday, and Mondays in the NFL. These are all professional athletes. I mean, I know there's going to be some bad football teams, but, again, they go out there to compete. So you can't really write off games. But I think their next game is probably against a lesser opponent where they'll probably be favored, and maybe that's the time that they go with Daniels. And on the one last thing on the Kansas City Chiefs side, I'll tell you this, though um, – you know, it's and I gave him credit against Arizona 
um, and the way they looked, and especially defensively, and going into yesterday's game. Uh, but I will tell you the effects. I mean, the way they looked offensively is what I meant to say in regards to that Arizona game, and even yesterday when it got things going. But I will tell you this. The early sign through two games that I believe, you know, the guy that's kind of sitting there and maybe feeling the effects a little bit um, is going to be Travis Kelsey. I think he only had about 37 yards yesterday or maybe 50 at most, and I think he had six or seven targets. I think he's feeling – that's the one thing you can step out that I think he's feeling the little absence of Tyreek Hill because even with Juju, these other guys, I still don't believe there's that much attention from coordinators that are paid, you know, paid attention to those particular wide receivers. So I think Travis Kelsey, numbers through the first game, I don't even know what his numbers were off the bat last week, but I know I watched that game from start to finish. And I could just say he got he broke free a couple times with Mahoney, but his his numbers, and I'm gonna monitor that going forward with Travis Kelsey. Uh one last thing about that game as well, too. Uh J.C. Jackson, okay, burnt toast, gave up like a 50-yard touchdown. And this is the guy that was their first really signing, free agent signing. I don't know if he came before or after Khalil Mack. But, again, this is another guy that I – and I said, hey, I'm not getting too worried about that because I haven't seen a corner yet come out of the protection program, which is Bill Belichick, going to be that great in other uniforms. Tough start for him. Definitely. Primetime, Amazon, whatever you want to call it. Gave up the draws. 50, 60 yards for J.C. Mr. Jackson. So I'm already looking at him right now and going to be monitoring him close to see if he's going to break that mold. But anyway, KC gets the dub. We'll get to the rest of the NFL later on. When we get back, we'll get to the Dosecki's College Weekend Preview. Start looking at some of these games. You listen to the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, presented by Dosecki's. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang, two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They're great for tailgating at this time of year. Either go ahead and transport them right in the ice chest, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. But whatever you do, make sure you pick it up at a local specs near you. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right. So before we go back into the NFL circle, so that's my thing about last night. And before we leave last night, um, the Amazon thing was okay. I don't know if it was just me. I mean, sometimes the it didn't look as bright as normal like normally watching it on a regular broadcast uh, i've heard some people complain about the rewind you couldn't rewind it yeah i mean it had to delay You'll have that soon though well hey look i know they gave a shout out to my man upstairs up in the press box up there with roger goodell and bezos i know they, they went to him early like yeah all y'all had to pay for this hey how you doing um if you're gonna roll it out you gotta be ready to go in my opinion if it's a feature about rewinding or pausing or whatever, then, you know, if this is a big deal, this wasn't done cheap, you got to be ready to go. Or don't roll it out till it's ready. It wasn't horrible, but it definitely needs some work. I mean, I, I feel like it's a little bit more delay lag than it is on normal broadcast. Trust me, because people in the uh, sports betting community, they're already basically chirping like, hey, live betting, man, what the hell is going on? But, you know, there's going to be kinks with everything, as I know, when you do anything in the live uh, business, whether it's radio or TV. But, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but definitely needs some work. Probably going to have to get used to it. Like I said, it just felt weird here in Herb Street, go ahead and call NFL games. And it kind of felt weird here in Al Michaels with them as well, too. But, you know, they got the game in, got it in. What you got? So, now that we've had the Al Michaels and Kirk Herb Street broadcast... And we've had the Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. Who do you think is more comfortable in their situation right now? You know, obviously Al Michaels is play by play, and then uh, you know, um, you know, Chris Collinsworth is color commentary. How, who do you think, or how do you how do you look at those two pairings now with the split up of the of the couple? I mean. Oh. I would still, you know, well, you asked me to grade Collinsworth, and Collinsworth act like he was screaming 10 hours the night before prior to the broadcast with his voice gone. He said he felt fine. It was just his voice. Um, I'm not a big, I've never really been that big fan of Mike Tirico. I don't like all-purpose announcers or everything. You know, the, the, some of the greats, like the, you know, Howard Cosell, you know, that's different. Some guy, Al's probably one of those is different, too. Al's called Olympics, Super Bowls, Miracle on Ice. But to answer your question, I would still say I Al can make 
anybody sound better. I, I think I would still lean to Al because Chris Collinsworth's come a long way. I, he used to really get on my nerves. And he used to be horrible. But I know Chris works at his craft. I try not to critique anybody with play-by-play -play or color because that's just something that I couldn't do, wouldn't want to do. Um, you know, uh, so I hope I answered that best. I mean, they're better together, but it is what it is. Al Mike, I just still want to know how much you got paid, though, you know, from Amazon. Because, like I said, you know, it was a big deal when Bezos was there. That's just, it reminds me of when I started reminiscing when uh, Cowboys Jerry did the deal with Nike back in the 90s on the money. They had Phil Knight there, and it was controversy at the time because Jerry went against the league about they had other sponsorship that wasn't in Nike. So it kind of reminded me of seeing that shot with him there of like, uh, but that's the way the NFL gets down, and everybody that's got money, they they want to be associated with the NFL. That's just reality. Well, you raised mm -hmm. that question the other day about how much Michaels got paid, and, and Bartlett had texted me, too, at the time. Uh, Pro Football Talk saying that he got roughly buck money, another one of those all-purpose announcers, mm. uh, which is five years, $75 million was Buck's deal, if you recall. Mm. No wonder Joe. I would imagine Joe got more than that. But no wonder Joe and Troy had their comment about Tom Brady's deal. I think Tom Brady's deal pissed off a lot of guys in the industry that's put in work, that's been there for 15, 20 years. I understand that's Tom. Just because, you know, you're going to go down as the greatest quarterback to ever play don't mean you can do color or be in the booth. Because there's some guys that's played that is not that great um, in the booth. That's just reality. Whether it's play-by-play -play or whether it's just in-studio uh, being commentary and breaking down the game as well. But moving on, uh, let's get to our Dosecki's College Weekend Preview. Um, and we'll start in our backyard with UT and UTSA. It's going down tomorrow. I didn't even realize this was a primetime game, you know, up in Austin. Um, but, look, it's, this is one of those things. Last time I checked, I think UTSA is a 13-point underdog coming in this game. Um, this is one of those, I don't know, I can't say it's a trap game. could be for UT. It could just be one of those letdowns coming off of playing Alabama last weekend and, and making that game close. Um, and pretty much the whole fan base and the whole players and everybody else acted like it was a victory, but it still showed up as an L and a loss. But I get it. So it could be a little bit of emotional letdown. But I will tell you this. One of the things with UTSA that I know we'll be looking for, um, I'm willing to bet you a dollar to a donut – some of these kids on UTSA had aspirations and dreams of hope of going to UT. No disrespect to Trailer and UTSA, but some of these coaches on UT was probably recruiting some of these kids that passed over them. They're going to have a chip. It always happens in these games. In these backyard, you know, big school, smaller college, but they, you know, 70 miles, 100 miles separate them. You always get kids on the underdogs that come out and they play, you know what, to the wall because they want to prove a point. You should have you should have recruited me. That's just reality. So I feel that, you know, I can't think of a game really under trailer yet. I mean, maybe the UTSA faithful can help me out, but I can't remember a game that they really gotten embarrassed. Uh, whether it's been non-conference or conference years going to his first year, even, of course, last year they didn't. Um, but it just comes down to it. I mean, to me, if the UT team that played Alabama last week shows up defensively the way they played and the way the D-line played, then I think that probably UT should have no problem covering that number. But if they have any type of emotional letdown, I think, oh, this is just the road runners. This is just meet me, you know, then this game could go into the fourth quarter. 
And then I will ask again, like, hey, is UT, are they really on their path all the way back? But that game goes down prime time tomorrow, so we'll see. What, what's your feelings on this, Mr. Clark? I mean, you follow the UTSA program. I mean, since Trailer, I mean, for a while, but Trailers get down there. What do you, what do you feel like? Are you giving the, uh, the 210 Roadrunners a shot, a puncher's chance in this to pull off the upset? Well, there's always the chance. Right, because you you look at the Texas side of things, and last week was a very emotional weekend. It was a mm-hmm. major letdown, and you know you prepared, as you were saying, game plan wise, all off season for this one. This one, yeah. you you might have even overlooked week one just oh, to get ready yeah. for without, Alabama. Without a doubt, you know. Um, so I think that yes, there's a chance because on the other side, this is you know trailer has very been very even keeled over the two years that I've you know gotten to cover the team, and. Uh, never gets too high or too low, very middle of the road. But I feel like, again, this is one of those ones in the offseason. You, you know you're about to go up the road to Big Brother. And so I think that you, you, this is going to be one of those things, you know, you're going to see UTSA's best, but they've played two very close, uh, two overtime games. Mm-hmm. You know, one went into, what, five overtimes? And then you had last week going to overtime against Army, too. And I think that it's just same question that you had, can you be big enough in the trenches? B. John Robinson had a great game. Hmm. You know, uh, you've got to deal with Roshan Johnson in the ground game. Even sure, Hudson Card, you know, at you know, filling in a little bit banged up for Texas. Uh, but you've got to be ready for this if you're UTSA, but you're playing with house money. So do they have a chance? Yes. Is it likely? No. Uh, I think that UTSA plays up and down to the level of their competition uh, at times. You say UTSA I, does? UTSA does. Hmm. And I feel like they play up to the level. Do they cover? I think so. Wow. Um, but I, giving them a chance to win, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting just because it's a nice measuring stick to see. I would have loved it. I've said this before. I would have loved to have seen last year's UTSA team against Texas. Either last year's Texas team or this one. Just put, um, I mean, you yeah. th- uh, two guys starting against each other this weekend in the NFL. Yeah. Tariq Woolen on one side for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Spencer Burford on the other side on the offensive line for the 49ers. And then, you know, yeah, I think you have five guys league-wide. And, and half of that came out of last year's class for UTSA. Hmm. We'll see what happens tomorrow night in, uh, in the uh, state capitol. We'll see what happens. Now, the other, the, now for the 210, the given the curse of this, if, you know, UTSA really makes a show and are they upset, you pro- on the stages this will be on, you probably will have other schools be looking at Trey like, hey, that guy's doing what down there with what? Now, we then, you know, now the, the, the you locked them up now. You know, they gave them their new deal and an extension. But as you can see in college football, everything's got buyouts. You know, some are bigger than others, but I think this is one of those that could be not saying that Trailer wants to live because I think Trailer wants to really build something here that he's going to be able to run it. Just I've said this before, he can run it just like uh, Nick runs out of Alabama, like where you control everything, facilities, what they eat, what you want to do. And it's going to be hard to go ahead and pry him, you know, going forward. But if you go out and have success for, for UT and then you go and have a successful conference USA um season again necessarily doesn't mean you have to win it again but if you're in the mix and you're in that championship game or you're coming down this is one of those that you always can be the players audition you know especially in the transfer portal you got colleges you got kids recruiting dudes after the game for next year for transfer portal same thing coaches can be on audition too when you basically sitting there as an underdog like this in a program that's not supposed to be on the same playing field as the university of texas Things like that can happen. What do you have? But what's great for other schools that might be looking at Jeff Trailer 
is the question is always, can he handle the next level? Well, next year with the squad moving up to the AAC, you're going to get a real look at that. You know, Conference USA winning a, ch- a championship there is one thing, but now you're going to go replace, you know, one of the replacements in, in the AAC with Houston moving to the Big 12. So if Trailer can handle the AAC and the talent can compete there over the course of a season, I feel like, uh, you know, a larger program might like that one extra year to see him, you know, up in the AP courses as opposed to, you know, in general courses. I don't know about that, man. I think, you know, he's created enough noise last year with this team. Uh, depending on how the season goes, look, I think Trailer can coach at any level. If you can, if you can bring a team, I, look, I've said this before. UTSA is a program; it's still an infant program compared to college football. I mean, when Larry Coker got here, they were buying footballs and stuff like that at academy. All right, if tra- if you can build a program and you can show a program now from UTSA still with possibly limited resources, you can make it on the next level. You can make it another program. It's either you either you can be leader of young men and they can buy into you. You know, you kind of see it with the whole triangle of toughness. You know, it's things like that that it's just the way in the way he handles himself. That I, anybody that's interested in him, I mean, look, UT, UTSA had to find that money because Texas Tech was about to get him. No disrespect to our roadrunners, but Texas Tech is an upgrade from UTSA. Now, I'm not big fond of that program down in the Dust Bowl in Lubbock, you know, but at the end of the day, even though it burnt Patrick Mahomes, but still, they won a trailer last year. If they didn't step up and get this money, speaking of UTSA, they could have maybe lost into Texas Tech last year. So, no. But we'll see how it plays out. 1-800-707-9760. Really so. quick, do you give them a chance? Like I said, since Trailer's been there and, and somebody out there playing, I haven't seen them get embarrassed by anybody. Um, now, you know, people will question that competition through that. You know, how many big non-conference games have they really had since he's been there? Um, I would sit there and say I give him a shot based off of the way this is scheduled, the way it's sandwiched. It's after the Alabama game. Ewers is not going to be playing. He's out. He's going to be out for a while. So you're down to the backup quarterback. He was hobbling around last Saturday. Is he even close to 100%? So I do feel the motivation factor, if they can keep it close in the fourth quarter, then yeah. But if that team that came out played Alabama, and see, this is what separates Alabama from everybody. I don't care if they got less talent. I don't think I don't care if people think they're off or they, they're, you know, they're, they play, they play. It doesn't matter where they play in Appalachian State. It doesn't matter where they play in Little Sisters of the Poor. They're going to play at a certain level because that's the standard. That is not easy to do, and I can't think of any other college coach or any other college program that has that. I don't even think Dabo has that with Clemson, and we damn sure know Jimbo don't, don't have it. Hell, his ass is already starting another quarterback. We'll get to that because I told you, man, old Cristobal, Super Mario, is coming in to College Station tomorrow as a six and a half underdog. All right, that game almost made the foundation picks, but it didn't. But no, I I just feel that it's one of those that if, if that UT team shows up that played Alabama at eleven o'clock last weekend, then no, they should cover that and some because it just comes down to Bros and Joes. UT is supposed to dub UTSA up. I don't care if it's Sark's first year, second year. I don't give a damn. You go back to Charles Strong. They're UTSA 
is not supposed to stay and hang on the same field as UT, period. 1-800-707-9760. Let's go to the phones here. Let's go to Mike. Mikey on the sports ground here on Ticket 760, 1300 The Zone in Fox South Central Texas, Waco and Temple. What's going on? Okay, man. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about Texas A&M, but you're going to cover that, you say. So, um, uh, yeah, it's another interesting football um, uh, schedule this week. Uh, I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be watching the Cowboy game real closely. But I, I want I want to see what you think about this, man. I keep hearing, you know, you would think that somebody like Max Cal- Kellerman on uh, ESPN, you would think he would know better than to say something like this. Uh, he had the nerve to say uh, over the last couple of days that he thinks that Colin Kaepernick should be brung back and in, in to the Dallas Cowboys. This guy hasn't played football in I don't know how many years. What Kellerman thinks he's just going to come out of come out of the closet and start throwing touchdowns for the Cowboys. It's, it's, it's hard to believe that that guy calls himself a responsible news reporter talking about Colin Kaepernick coming out of the closet. And then, but I wanted to ask you about another name. Because his name is popping up today on the internet. I don't know if it's true or not. They say that the Cowboys might be interested in uh, in Cam Newton. They might be interested in bringing Cam Newton in. And another name I want to drop on you before I hang out with you is, okay, if people keep bringing up Garoppolo's name with the Cowboys, what's going to happen with, with, when, um, when Dak comes back and uh, Garoppolo is, 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 is say he's the starting quarterback, then what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to bench Garoppolo and then play Dak Prescott at quarterback and paying two high-dollar quarterbacks on the same team? I'd I like to know, see what you think about this situation with Dak Prescott and Garoppolo being on the same team, and I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike, thanks for the phone call. Mike threw a lot at me today on a Friday. Um, first off, I, I don't know, don't haven't really listened to Max, don't know what he said or if that's the case. Um, all I know is Stephen A did him dirty, in my opinion, from what I've heard, but that's just my opinion. But anyway, um, look, I don't, the, the whole, there's two parts of what you said, Mike, the whole Kaepernick thing, I'm kind of past that and done with that. Cause I just don't think, you know, first of all, I don't know. I don't really think in my opinion, Kaepernick even wants to play in the NFL anymore. Um, he's gone on to do other things and he's making money doing those other things. I think it keeps his name out there every time a Max Kellerman or anybody on TV or a radio show brings him up like, oh, why isn't he in or go call him? I don't think the NFL, they've had multiple chances to go ahead and sign him. Um, if they wanted to, so I, I don't even want to entertain that. Part two of that is the other part that I really don't want to entertain. Dallas is not going and getting anybody. So if Dallas fans are still sitting there hoping that maybe Jerry will sit there or Steven say, hey, man, let's call, let's get Garoppolo or let's go sign Cam or whoever you might want to say. I, I, first of all, if that was the case, they wouldn't be sitting there talking about Dak could be coming. They're, now they're talking about Dak could be back in week six. A week five. That's only a couple weeks out from that. That's beating Drew Brees' return. Now, granted, Dak is younger than Drew was at the time, and young people heal faster, but that's still beating Drew's mark by three weeks. And it's his throwing hand. I mean, yesterday there went viral. He was at practice throwing with his left, you know, just sitting there, just playing around while he has his cast on just a day or two after surgery. So I don't think anybody, I mean, Cooper Rush could go out there and lay an egg Sunday, and I don't think Jerry or Steven is bringing anybody in. You know, they're just going to hope this running game and this defense can keep them afloat, you know, until Dak gets back. 
You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dosecki's broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Bartlett producing, uh, spinning the one and twos, I should say. Jonas is producing. We'll be back.